Just a quick note for all our Polini perspective. Listeners, um, this episode was actually taped before Cassidy Hutchinson testified in regards to the January 6th hearings. Patrick did tweet about this. He said that was devastating and very credible testimony from Cassidy Hutchinson. We will, of course, be covering this in depth on next week's episode. In the meantime, be sure to be following Patrick on Twitter at PatrickGMFox5. Okay. Um, all right, Patrick, where are we starting today? Are we, I, I guess we have to start with Roe v. Wade, right? Because we, you know, we obviously knew this was coming, but, um, you know, it's official. And it's, it's Dobbs, you know, they overturned the Mississippi case in Dobbs, which affects multiple states and some banning abortion, with the exception of some trigger laws. Um, so anyway, where, where do you, what are all your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, we obviously had a sense, a very good sense it was coming based on the leaked uh, opinion from, from Justice Alito. At that point, it was rumored to be 5-4 or was 5-4. Uh, so what the court said, and by the way, uh, next week, hopefully, we'll have Katie Barlow on to go through not only Roe, but some other major cases that came down last week. The court is still releasing opinions uh, today at 10 o'clock. So uh, she's handling that right now. So basically what the court said, there was two rulings. They voted 5-4 to basically overturn Roe. So right. Roe is no longer. There, you know, the, the court ruled 5-4. There is no constitutional right to abortion, returning those decisions and, and laws to the states. It was 6-3 on the Mississippi 15-week ban. Justice Roberts was in the majority on the Mississippi, ruling with Mississippi that 15 weeks is acceptable. He was in the minority with the court on the overturning a row. Basically, he said there's really no reason, based on the Mississippi case, to go as far as overturning based on, you know, the case itself and then 50 years of precedent. Um, and, you know, just even though we kind of knew it was coming, it obviously set off a firestorm of, you know, protests, maneuvers to see what they can do to uh, overcome this in certain states. Uh, certainly nationally in terms of uh, is, is there a way to codify this nationally? You know, assuming the Den, Dems get more senators, could they do a filibuster and then pass a national uh, law on uh, legalizing abortion at some, at some degree based on number of weeks or, or, or whatever? So, yeah, a lot of protests, a lot of anger. Um, States have trigger laws. I believe that there was eight states right out of the gate who had trigger laws, uh, who now essentially are banning abortion to some degree, if not all the way. Those are Arkansas, Idaho, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, North Dakota, Oklahoma, South Dakota. Actually, it's a lot more than eight, sorry. Tennessee, Texas, Utah, and Wyoming. I mean, again, just. Yeah. Uh, to some degree, whether six weeks, eight weeks, 30 days. Uh, I don't know all the intricacies if there's, uh, you know, 
health of the mother exceptions, if there are rape and incest exceptions. But, well, not uh, in yeah. Alabama. No, because he, you know, Governor Hutchinson got, you know, just destroyed this past weekend because they're not going to make any exceptions for rape or incest. Other states, you're right, will, right? It's, it's or, you know, um, health of the mother, um, you know, in Utah, and I think it's South Dakota. Yeah, I thought Hutchinson from Alabama said the health of the mother is the only exception. Right, right. Yeah, so each state will be different, but that one is pretty harsh i which mean is, which it is, is which is crazy yeah. which is crazy so i mean listen legally you know we know we heard with what you know katie barlow and, and 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 other people we've had on have said in the past that roe was not good law but at the same time despite that it's not in the constitution there's a lot of things it's not in the constitution and, you know, I would think 50 year precedent on this issue for women's rights would not have been overturned. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm not shocked based on the leaked draft. If the leaked draft hadn't, hadn't come out, I would have been shocked. Yeah, right. I just I never thought the court would go that far to take away women's rights. Uh, and, you know. Unfortunately for women in these states, especially those with little means to have access, financial means or, or, or other, um, puts them in a very, very tough spot. It puts doctors in a tough spot. It yeah. puts, so, you know, um, I don't agree with the ruling. You know, not necessarily from a legal perspective. That's not certainly something, you know, um, uh, I, I can weigh in on. Right. I think from a practical and where the country is and has been on this issue for over 50 years, there's no reason these rights should be, I think, have been taken away, right? It should have been a choice. Now, having said that, I have said there should be limits. And again, i not a doctor, not an attorney. Is that 15 weeks? Is that 12 weeks? Is it 20 weeks? My guess is somewhere between 12 and 20, pick a number, right? But um, that's why I thought the Mississippi ruling would, I thought it would have stopped at the Mississippi winning right. and their 15 week ban, which would have forced states like Alabama, Texas, Oklahoma, and others to move to 15 weeks, right? And then you could argue whether, you know, 12 or again, you know, or 24, but at least it would have been women in these states would would still have rights after, you know, 12, 13, 14 weeks to, to, to make their choice and their decision on this. So um, it's it is it's wild. And, um, you know, in our area, Governor Youngkin's talking about a 15 week ban. Um, yeah, I don't think that'll see. pass. The Democrats control the legislature. He also, as soon as he said 15 weeks, he said, but he'd be willing to negotiate to 20. So I don't think he's going to go that far in Virginia. Okay. I think that'd be a huge mistake in uh, a very, very purple state right now. Yeah. Um, you know, what effect does this have on the election? 
Yes, uh, that was my next question to you. And, you know, Clarence Thomas kind of insinuating that other things are up in the air. I mean, I, I guess now I think gay marriage, they might go after gay marriage. I mean, I didn't ever think that before, but now you kind of wonder. Uh, you know, I can't say, you know, the concern now is you can't say it won't happen, right? Not with this court, not 6-3. So, so the other side of this is, you know, is this an activist court, as people are saying? Is this? Um, oh, what do you? What I? Oh, what's your hot take on that? Well, you think it is? It seems like. I mean, I, so <clears throat> here's what I think. I think the court. I'm not. I'm not sure it's an activist court. It's certainly a conservative court. And I think it's a court that um, believes in this case that the Constitution is the Constitution, even though, you know, it was written, you know, hundreds of years ago. And despite the fact that society has evolved, that it's either up to Congress to make laws and or the states on something that's not in the Constitution, right? Roe was based on, my understanding was the Privacy Act that women have a right to privacy and therefore had a right to, to abortion, Some, something to that degree. Certainly this court ruled, no, not in the Constitution. It needs to either be law that Congress writes and, and passes and or states, state rights. Uh, the, the unfortunate thing is that you have women who are in certain states who now are, in my opinion, less have less rights than women who may live across a border in another state. And then can you cross state lines? Can you do all these other things? So, um, <clears throat> but shame on these states too, right? We want to blame the court, but let's look at an Alabama. Let's look at a Mississippi. Let's look at an Oklahoma. Let's look at a Texas. And these states that are passing laws, draconian in nature in some cases. And again, listen, there's people who would argue with me, Tom Blue in the face on this, that would say, but what if the child, da 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 da, that's what we stand yeah, for. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are really happy about this. I mean, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. A lot of people. Yeah. Listen, a lot of women are happy. Like this thought process that all women are for pro choice. Oh, no, no, no. That's a mistake. And also, listen, I don't think the Democrats, Take it out of the courts from a political standpoint. Stacey Abrams was asked the other day on, does she think there should be a limit on when? And she couldn't answer the question, or she was very, very vague. It's between a doctor and a, a mother. and a, Well, at some point, maybe there should be limits, unless, God forbid, the woman's going to die, right? Or the mother's going to die. I most people are for that. I mean, don't you think, and you know, I, I don't know how many uh, um, late-term abortions are accounted for. So what I've read, again, I don't, you know, you, you try yeah. to read respected publications and news organizations, and we've reported, it's, it's there's, there's a very low percentage of uh, abortions in the last trimester. I bet. Very low. And again, I don't have that number, but it's, it's much, much 
much lower than you would think. By then, I mean, who's gonna you do? Know, you know that's murder. I mean, like, who's gonna do that? I mean, you know, the ch- we know children after twenty five weeks. I mean, they can have but, like. But, a but again, you know, we should also have a doctor on next week. Yeah. You know, what? What? So if you miscarry, is that abortion? The procedure itself to 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 to, to take care of that. If you have uh, a topic pregnant, topic pregnancy. Is, yeah. So, so there's a lot of medical questions here, which I don't think the court, certainly the court didn't address, right, on this issue. Uh, but back to the politics, uh, I do think it's going to have some effect. You know, normally these things kind of come and go when you're like, they don't really have a big effect. I do think this one will in certain states. I think in states like Pennsylvania, I, I think this now for the most part, will guarantee that the Democratic candidate for governor will win, Josh Shapiro. I think it pretty much guarantees that Fetterman beats Oz. I think it's going to uh, hurt Herschel Walker in Georgia. I think Ohio and some of these other states are in play. I think it's going to hurt the Republican candidates for governor in Maryland, a state, by the way, that's very liberal for the most part, but has had a Republican governor for the last eight years. Yeah. But you knew where you knew where he stood on this issue. If you are unsure or can't confirm, or frankly, you just may not believe where a Karen um uh Sorry, I lost my shot. Karen Schultz, I believe her name is, in Maryland. You certainly know where Dan Cox stands. He's the Republican candidate for governor of Maryland. Sure. So, you know, you can't take that chance. You can't take that chance. Yeah. The other thing I think it's going to hurt is, you know, I think businesses are going to have very difficult decisions to make about doing business in states. So, for example, you had Major League Baseball who pulled the all-star game out of Atlanta, Georgia years ago, two years ago, because of the voting rights bill, which by the way, this past election, more people voted in Georgia than ever before, despite the fact that major league baseball pro- via protests pulled the all-star game. So now what does major league baseball do with the Atlanta Braves or what does, you know, like, so you dip your toe into politics as a sports organization or a business. Well, now you're in, right? So now when they come calling for you to move the Atlanta Braves organization completely to a state that doesn't support, that supports pro-choice, do you move the team? I mean, that, that, that sounds extreme, but, you know, that's where these businesses, you know, they, they enter the, the world of politics like a Disney. I think they'll skirt this, don't you think? I yeah, don't think, I'm sure they I will. I'm they just will. saying, like... Yeah, you're right. You you make a great this, point. Is this issue any less important than the voting right issue? Right. You could argue that, but you could probably argue it on both sides. One impacts women, their rights, their, their lives potentially in, in a state like Georgia. And one... When you decided to pull out, uh, there was some uncertainty how it would impact voters. And clearly, I think Georgia broke a record. And again, I'm not saying everything about the voter law was accurate. I don't know it, you know, in, in, in the full detail. But clearly, it, it doesn't seem to have, have had 
uh, an impact on how many people were able to vote in the in the last Georgia election. So in the primary that just passed. So uh, it'll be interesting from a recruitment standpoint. You know, if you're listen, like Austin, Texas, for example, it's, right. they call it the Silicon number two or Silicon Valley of, of the Southwest. All major, you know, tech companies are in Austin, Texas. Are they recruiting 25, 28, 32, 35 year old women who are, you know, you know, do, do you go to that state to work? Now, granted, well, some of the, most of, of the women may be working for that company. And if the company supports them, they'll have the means to go to uh, New yeah. Mexico or, you know, wherever. Okay. But in general, I'm saying, does it hurt recruitment? Does it hurt yeah. hiring? Does it hurt? So uh, listen, I, I, you know, there's a list of companies that came out yesterday uh, saying that they'll, they'll pay for transportation. They'll, they'll do whatever they can. I will say this is is like if these this is if these states that are making it illegal don't pass to come after these companies, you know, I mean, that's the the next discussion, right, is like if they, you know, is in Alabama or is it Texas, if a, you know, let's say, I don't know, an Apple is sending five employees a, a year or something to California to have abortions. I mean, did then they bring lawsuits against Apple and how long do they? I don't know. Again, I don't. That's this... why we need Katie on. But I, I don't think that would happen. Okay. But I think that's, I think, I think that's getting in the weeds there. But you know, again, don't know. Uh, I will say though, AOC and several other de- high, high-ranking Democrats have come out very critical of Biden, Kamala Harris, and others about their tone on this, their vagueness on what we need to get done. Uh, I don't agree much with AOC, but I will say she was very on point from her position the other day on this saying, you know, we can't just tell people go vote anymore. We got to tell them specifically, what do we need? We need Fetterman to win in Pennsylvania. We need Warnock to hold on in Georgia. We need, I can't remember the Ohio person's name, whatever that is. So we can get to 52 senators because you got to take out Manchin and Siena because they've said they will not get rid of the filibuster. We need 52. Then they could go after the filibuster and maybe pass national pro, uh, um, abortion legislation. So, and she, she was right. And, you know, you have the president of the United States who is on record, you know, again, people change their opinions, but on record saying Roe was not good law. He's a Catholic. Does that impact his ability to be really strong on this issue? Kamala yesterday had, I thought, some very, she struggled answering questions on this, very vague. Uh, You know, if you're looking to your leaders of your party on this issue, uh, it seems like it's Elizabeth Warren and AOC emerging as the leaders, not Kamala Harris and Joe Biden, which is kind of interesting. So, um, yeah, listen, I do think this one will, to some degree, I don't think the Dems still hold on to the House, but maybe instead of 45 seats, it becomes 25 or 30. I think the Senate, based on this, can swing. The Democrats can hold on and maybe gain. 
And certainly, I think on the gubernatorial side, it clearly helps the Dems. State legislators, uh, maybe as well, you know, because they're the ones who are going to either pass this or But listen, we'll see what kind of activism we get in states like Alabama. Texas, well, listen, Texas, Texas is red, but it's not very red. So does a Beto sneak in now? Does, you know, do, do they, do, do they, you know, I mean, listen, Mississippi, Alabama, some, they're not going, they're not going to go blue. But the, do they pick up 10 seats? Do they pick up? And the other thing with this real quick, and then we can move on. Both Louisiana and Utah had trigger laws. Both were held, could not, uh, both, uh, a judge in both states <clears throat> ruled that uh, they had to put a pause. They couldn't implement the trigger law. Now, again, I don't know what the legal ground they made that decision on. Is there state language in their state constitution that conflicts with language that was in the trigger law that was to go into effect? Maybe, maybe that's the argument, some sort of privacy issue or due process issue, or, you know, I don't know the, the, the intricacies of, of that, but it's interesting that judges in two states, different judges, by the way, um, ruled that they cannot implement the trigger laws. So you may have another case make its way to the Supreme Court, right? And then, you know, maybe on some other constitutional issue where the court would rule different. Right. Depending on the state. So uh, it's it's crazy. Um, you want to move on? Yeah. I mean, there's tons to talk about. I mean, do you want to talk so about how do you, So listen, how do you feel about this? Like. Well, I mean, I am, you know, I'm pro-choice. Um, and obviously, you know, I mean, I shared this a lot on my own social media platforms, but I mean, we, you know, my first pregnancy was this molar miscarriage, molar pregnancy, which essentially is a chromosomal abnormality, right? With the, with a child that even if your baby comes to term, like would be so deformed, they'd have so many issues. So, you know, we lived in Virginia at the time and they basically, the doctor said, look, I mean, you should really think about terminating this pregnancy, which would have been a, a medical abortion or, or would have been an abortion. So we had made the decision we were going to do that anyway now the baby passed on his own so then they they did a dnc of course because you know the, the fetus has already passed inside you you know all that so i mean to me i think i never even really thought about medical abortions till i actually had to have one you know right. um which was pretty late on 15 weeks you know we were we were 15 weeks when the baby died so so, so you know and not to, to pry too much, oh, I share what you want. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> I figured that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if, if, if the baby had it passed naturally, would your health have been at risk? So, so see, that's the big question is if your health would not have been at risk, just the, the way that the child would have come out with deformities and illnesses and, and, and other things, that may not pass the muster in some of these states where, yes, for the health of the mom, you could terminate past 10 weeks, six weeks, 15 weeks, whatever, whatever the heck it is. So that's where this gets very, you know, tough and unfortunate. Like you should have to, in my opinion, again, you as a mother and obviously Dan was involved, you should not have to make that decision. 
or should not have to catch. Like, you should be able to make that decision. I, I agree. Well, you know what I mean? In, in any state in this country, it's my is my. It's also why, look, I mean, the number of children that are born with Down syndrome has gone way down because now you have this, um, you know, genetic testing that's done and yeah. a lot of people choose to terminate that pregnancy, you know? I so mean, when, that, when would that testing takes place early on? 20, yeah, like 13 a, weeks. So it's basically... So right. that's why the 15 weeks, I think, you know, the Mississippi, that's why I think maybe Robert's, you know, 15 weeks seems to be... I don't want to say the right number because I don't think there's a right or wrong number. I'm just saying I think that's about what – to me, that's the minimum it should yeah. be and maybe the maximum. I don't know. Well, the other big one that you have at 18 weeks is the um, – I think it's the spina bifida one, which, of course, you know, okay. all these states are saying you cannot have an abortion if your child has spina bifida, which, of course, you know. I mean, you've seen, it's, it's very traumatic. I mean, you know, yes, kids can live and they're amazing and all those things, but – you know, there's varying degrees of it. Um, and, you know, to your question, if the baby hadn't passed, like with the molar pregnancy, while you're carrying, your health isn't in jeopardy, you know? So like we would have chosen to terminate that pregnancy. It's at, because there's all these cysts that grow in your placenta, the issue comes after the fact, which of course happened to me, you know, after the baby was yeah, so, so medically there there is a risk to you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you, I, I think probably a doctor could have argued with these molar pregnancies. Yes, there's a risk. So you could terminate the pregnancy. Um, I mean, it's just crazy to think we'll but, have a panel where they're going to get to decide if your yeah. life is at risk or health is at just crazy, crazy, you know, crazy. just crazy. Uh, two other major decisions yeah. came out and significant. If not for Roe, they would be even more significant. Uh, New York State uh, had, similar to Maryland, a concealed carry law where you really had to go above and beyond to to show the need to be able to con carry a concealed weapon in the state. Um, made its way to the Supreme Court in a 6-3 ruling. Uh, New York does not have the right to force people to defend or explain or come up with a reason why they should be allowed to conceal carry a, a weapon or handgun whatever and um, so yeah major ruling clearly states like maryland now have to scramble and figure out okay how do we how do we not get sued by denying these applications uh, so in maryland for example like new york you would have to say well i carry money from my business to the bank I have had threats against me. I am uh, obviously law enforcement. I am, uh, you know, a bodyguard, whatever, right? My job requires it, but, but very limited reasons were getting approved. So um, now that may be, it seems like it's going to be unconstitutional to deny a concealed carry permit um in states like Maryland. i think there were six states wow. that had concealed carry uh so major case the other any thoughts on that uh no i mean i'm with you i mean that's that's huge right and even a state like i wonder how this impacts a state like california right i mean they're they're really going well, after they're, they're scrambling right? right they're scrambling right now so there were six california maryland new york i think dc 
Um, of course, you know, here in L.A., they don't prosecute you with an illegal weapon or not. Right. Well, that's so, the other thing, too, right? I so, guess you can, you can be here with any gun you want, really, and they, they're not going to do anything about it. Um, so I guess. And then, and then the Washington State coach who yeah. he was a co- coach for Washington State football team, uh, high school, and uh, he was coached from 2008 to 2015. He was fired in 2015 or asked to resign uh, based on the fact that at the end of the game, he would call players or teams or I don't know if he would call them. I shouldn't say that because I don't know that to be fact. He would gather in the center of the field and they would do a prayer, like, you know, pray for the health of the team or whatever. The school told him to stop. He refused, let go, sued. Took years, made it its way to, and uh, he won. He won. So now the court has ruled that um, you know non-forced expressions of religion seem to be okay in a public school. So uh, yeah, I mean, very interesting. The dissenting opinion was, I believe, Sotomayor, who basically said, and again, I'm not saying it legally, but uh, that this court is, in essence, washing away the separation of church and state. Gorsuch, Gorsuch, who wrote, I think, the majority opinion, said, well, then what about, like, a burqa? Or what about other forms of religion that already exist in public schools? Are we going to do away with those? As long as you're not forcing the religion on other people, as you're not saying you have to say this prayer and other things. So again, very, you know, there are a lot of legal experts who said the interpretation of the separation of church and state had gone too far. Because I I believe the language says no government, basically the government can't make one religion, the main religion or forced religion on its citizens and so forth and so forth. Listen, it's interesting, you know, a sideline prayer. But uh, again, well, I mean, look, I mean, do schools still do Pledge of Allegiance? You know, I mean, yeah, it's funny you say that. I was just talking to that this morning with someone. Um, I think some do. I think a lot do, but I don't think you have to say it. I think you either can sit down stand up to a moment of silence or say, but I don't think you have to say. So. Well, I mean, in, in really in essence, isn't that what the prayer is? I mean, if you were a student that doesn't want to participate in the coach's prayer, I mean, you don't have, you don't, to. You don't, yeah. And I think that's why the court, you know, listen, I read, you know, I mean, he, what he wasn't forcing his team to join wasn't saying you had to say these words or anything like that. You know, in, um, in these recent, but, in like this recent year or two, do you actually think as a country we are becoming more religious and more, um, you know, because there's always this whole thing. I think every generation says this. Well, you know, kids and young people are getting away from religion and people, but it, you know, it almost seems like, and of course we know a lot of um, immigrants that come to this country are very, very religious. Uh, um, it's very, that's a, it's a very interesting point you make. So. And I almost think young people are turning to, I mean, to me, it seems like. I think like, there's levels of religion. So I think that less 
people, and I think there's data that supports this, less people, especially young people, actually physically go to church, whatever their temple, church, whatever. I do believe, though, that more people have relied on the thought of religion over the last several years. And that's just my own kind of, you know, limited view of people I associate with. Whether that's, you know, praying for someone, you know, who is sick or praying for someone who is out of work or kind of just feeling that we're getting away from the morals, right? And the whatever the above power you believe in to help guide our principles, whether you go to church or not, right? I mean, you don't have to go to church to believe that there's a code you should follow, right? Right. Right. You shouldn't kill people. You shouldn't carjack people. You should. So um, it's it's a very it's a very interesting question. Uh, I almost. So, yeah. Well, uh, let's move on. I mean, there's so many things to get to. Um, yeah. Last thing on the court, I do, I do want to quickly touch on uh, New York Superior Court judge or Supreme Court judge, New York State ruled. So the New York City. Uh, council passed a law that said non-citizens are allowed to vote. Bill de Blasio, when he was mayor, and now uh, Adams, neither one signed it, nor did they veto it. And uh, the court just ruled that absolutely not. Non-citizens cannot vote Okay, well, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, okay, that one I agree with. Yeah, I'm just telling you, it was, you know, they passed the law that said non-citizens can vote. And uh, the judge said it's clearly in the state constitution that you have to be Yeah, I mean, give me a break. That one's so easy. Like, come on. And and I mean, you know, Adams and and de Blasio should have signed off on that. I mean, come on. This is where the Democratic Party... This is where the progressive side of the Democratic Party gets lost. And this is where, you know, de Blasio and Adams don't want to sign it or, or veto it, I should say, because... You know, it'll upset the progressives, but this is where I agree with you. The Democratic Party goes too far one way, and obviously the Republican Party does as well. Uh, look, the hearings are a joke, right? I mean, you know, the fact that anyone and I, and we, I could I could debate whether I think the hearings have been as effective as they could have been. Okay, but the fact is, there's I don't know how a rational person watches this hearing, knows what happened with the election, lies that it was stolen. All the court hearings that this Trump administration lost, everything that Trump's aides and advisors and the attorney general have said about the election, all the stuff you're hearing from text messages and, and, and and still to this day saying that it wasn't, it was a rigged election. How you could look at this and say that democracy from Trump and his minions wasn't under attack and he should never, ever be allowed to run again. I, I, I listen, I'll, I would sit right next to Kevin McCarthy right now and he would tell me, I'm telling you, there's, there's like a hold over these people, some weird, uh, like, yeah, there's no rational way you could listen to this and think I mean you could argue whether you think he was legally culpable or not okay but he was culpable 
Yeah. Right. One way. Right. And put put even the put put even January sixth aside for one second. The constant lies about the election and and the fact that he you know it was rigged and what that led to and still to this day. I mean, just the 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 the, the abuse that the 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 Atlanta uh, workers, uh, election workers, were under. The, the threatening new electors to, to, to find new electors to not vote or vote one way. Ugh, just, I, listen, you know, I, listen, I don't want to sound all, you know, but we have to, Yeah, it's, this, it's, this country is in a precarious place right now. We have to be able to trust the system, trust our leaders to accept the results and, you know, listen, just like there shouldn't be tons of violence right now with the Supreme Court ruling, it serves no purpose, serves no purpose. You want to be upset? Take that anger, take that energy, get to Alabama, get to Mississippi, get to Texas, get Beto, work, Beto uh, elected, get Fetterman elected, get Josh Shapiro elected, get, you know, turn Alabama blue, what, you know, Georgia blue, that, but violence, you, you just, you can't do it. You just can't. I get you're angry. I get you're upset. Um, so anyway, that's my, my take. All on right. That. Well, you know, let's do some rapid fire. I yeah, mean, go ahead. very Sorry. interesting in Montgomery County, you have the Washington post now endorsing David Blair for Montgomery yeah. County executive over Mark. I always say it wrong. El- Elrich. Elrich. Um, this is kind of big. I mean, the report, yeah. the, the story in the post is pretty scathing against Mark. I mean, listen, you know, listen, I, I, you know, I don't endorse people based on my position. Sure. You know where I stand on Elrich's policies. Uh, I think personally, I think, I think the Washington Post article speaks for itself. It, I would I would agree with most of it, if not strong. all of it. <laughs> yeah. uh, and listen, I think any district that handled business, in particular the schools, the way they did, and kept those kids out for as long as they did. I don't. Th- I've said this before. I don't think any of those politicians should be reelected. I don't. You know, there was a thing this morning about the American Pediatrics, I think it's the American Association of Pediatrics, okay. the so-called, you know, I didn't realize that in the summer of 2020, they actually recommended the return to school that September. And I believe without masks, wow. okay, saying, basically saying kids were at low risk. I think they, they I think they, you know, the mask was like, you, you know, you can wear them, you don't have to. Then... Shortly after, they came out with a joint statement with the teachers' union saying that, no. And again, I'm summarizing it. You can read the statement yourself. Yes, I think all of that, and I've said it a hundred times on this podcast, I think what they did to kids, keeping them out of school for that long, based on false science, I don't think any of them should be reelected. I just don't. Now, obviously, they will because they're, you know, in some cases, very liberal states. And, and, but listen, I, 
I know. And to your point, to go back with you saying we're in this precarious place in our country where it's like we're losing faith in institutions, you know, yes, there's always been politics and there always will be and there's big companies that help each other out. But I mean, it's like it's I, I think people are so frustrated with things like the American Pediatrics Association. Yeah. Saying what, putting out a formal statement and then a well, how about later, the CDC or the CDC? The CDC. It's, it's so I think people using are so language concerned. directly from the teachers you right? Yeah, or, you know, and don't you, you know, they're being lobbied by these teacher unions. And, or, and listen, they, that happens all the time. Sure. But then don't tell me the decision based on science, right? Right. Don't, yeah, listen, right. don't tell me you're the party of science when you're not. Stop. And by the way, don't tell me it's revisionist history either. You know what? Half this country returned kids to school in September of 2020. Most private schools, even in liberal states, returned kids in September of 2020. If you kept kids out to March of 21, you failed. You failed as an executive and you failed as a as a someone who's supposed to put children first. Sorry, you failed. Um, but real quick, what with masks in regards to masks, you know, Eric Adams got rid of children masking finally. Yeah, finally. Finally. Okay, so that finally is lifted, but then you still have states like Hawaii making news, you know, oh, in the past. Hawaii is just weird. Like, what are they doing? Masking children for summer programs continuing despite. Uh, listen, I, you know, I, I can't. You know, wild. I can't speak to it. What's interesting with COVID now, as someone who has a lot of employees, so I was reading this morning that one of the favorites, again, I'm sorry, I forgot his name. One of the favorites to win Wimbledon cannot play because he has COVID. Mm. And I'm like, why? Why? Oh. He's, he's on the other side of the court. He's down outside on a grass court on completely the other side. He could wear an N95 mask when he's around his trainers or whatever. So make him isolate in a different hotel or room or whatever they have in, in England, in London. Why can't he play? If he's physically fit to play, why can't he play? I said this a year ago when John Rotten got kicked out of the memorial after the third round was up six. And now a year later, we're still prohibiting people from playing outside tennis in a tournament? I just of- went through this here in LA. I did a stand up comedy class and we had our outdoor performance a week ago. And one of the comedians had COVID, showed up with a, with a mask, the whole, whole deal. This is an outdoor, outdoor space. Yeah. And the group voted. I, I said, let him perform. I mean, you know, he can stand outside of the whole thing and then they could switch out microphones you know, or give him his own microphone cover as well as, you know, he just takes off his mask up there. They can disinfect. Yeah. I mean, people lost their minds that he would show up. Do, oh, they, do they these were, people know they were how furious. many people they're around that are positive? I said do, that. Do, they know, I said do that. they know about natural immunity? Do they know? They felt it, he was in completely irresponsible. Oh, um, my God. And um, their argument, you know, one, one Sorry, person. Sorry, you are, you have come a long way to my side. <laughs> a- after 205 episodes, you have, you, okay, I, well, you've let's come not, a, let's you, not. you've, you've but come you know, a myself, long way. Myself and the comedy instructor were kind of like, well, it's outdoors. I mean, it's outdoors. 
if we can figure out a mic situation that either he gets his own mic or he has his own Please. mic cover. You know, let's stop it. But wait a minute, wait a minute. The Stanley, Stanley Cup final had 22,000 people in an arena. People sweat. Like, stop. Con- Did you see the concerts in D.C.? How many people went to that concert sitting next to somebody who's probably positive or knew they were positive? They say if you are knowingly, their argument was the people who wanted him to leave. And he ultimately did leave because we were outvoted, right? So, but they say that if you consciously know that you have COVID, you should be staying home, period. Like you should not. So here's the thing. So what's your test? I didn't have an argument to that. Why are they testing? So here's the thing. You know what? You're an athlete. You're playing in Wimbledon. Okay, there shouldn't be a testing requirement to play one with. If you have symptoms and you don't feel well, okay, then you test. But then you take the precautions. You isolate him or her. But to be on the court completely across from somebody, I, 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 I listen. I. But I guess could you argue that their argument at the comedy club was this person is still positive that is probably going to touch something else, you know, touch a door handle, touch this, touch that. What do you say to that? I didn't have an argument for that, really. So I was like, all right, well, I guess, you know, I mean, people voted for him to go home, so he did. But um, Uh, anyway, um, real quick, though, I do want to hit on one more, you know, things continue to deteriorate for um, the commander's owner, Dan Snyder. His own team rejecting a subpoena. Uh, an accusation last week of a 2009 alleged assault on a private, I think on a private jet with a woman who accused him of trying, of groping her, yeah. trying to remove her. What do you think, um, what's your thoughts on Dan Snyder? Do we think, my husband thinks this is just a an NFL distraction. They don't really want it, but they're also not, they're not going to do anything about it. And for the NFL, I think, Dan, I think Dan Snyder is going nowhere, I think. That's what my husband says. Okay, keep uh, going. Uh, I mean, listen, I think unless it got to a point where financially it was impacting the NFL and, in essence, the team to a point. So, for example, if national NFL sponsors said they will they will not be airing spots in any game, even on the network that had the Washington Commanders, hypothetically. Right. Okay. And I don't see that happening because it's not the team's fault, right? And who your owner is, it's not that their fault. It's not the player's fault, right? It's not the fan's fault. So, um, so, so, so my point about that was it, it was really the financial implications that I believe and have been reported the reason they moved from Redskins to, to the Washington Fall team and now the Commanders. I think short of that, unless there's some serious criminal activity that surfaces, right? Like, and maybe this is it, and we'll see. Um, I don't think he's going anywhere. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, do I mean, think, so though, many things have come I do think thing. the NFL, you know, they have this, the, the wife's really the chair, and he, they say he's not really involved or has to have been. I could see the NFL or Goodell and, and the owner saying, you know, another two years of that, another year of that, maybe. It looks like the Sean Watson, by the way, who you know was accused of 24 sexual yes. assaults of some sort uh, with private sessions in his home. Uh, he, his attorney said he has, so the, 
no criminal charges on any of the 24. Okay. Then he was traded to the Browns, signed almost a $500 million contract. But the NFL still was doing their investigation because they have different, you know, levels of, you know, it doesn't have to reach criminal prosecution to be a violation of, of their personal service contracts or the rules of the NFL. The attorney comes out and says, we've settled with 20 of the 24. Right, they've made financial settlements, so there's only four remaining cases. So now the he's testifying this week, maybe today. Uh, there's a hearing on his. So it looks like there's a chance, according to some ESPN reports, that he's going to be suspended for the entire season. Wow. Which, by the way, not to get in the weeds. So the Browns must. The Browns knew this was coming because the way his contract is, he got thirty million up front, I believe. They could take that back and then give it back to him down the road, or they could let him keep it. But his first year contract was only one million of the hundreds of millions he was going to get. So they knew, or maybe it's two hundred million dollar contract. Okay. I don't know. Whatever, yeah. a lot of freaking money, right? So they they're only paying him one million dollar this year because they knew there was a good chance he was going to. So yeah, keep in mind Baker Mayfield, who was the Brown star, took him to the playoffs for the first time in like twenty years. Then had a bad year, was basically kicked to the curb, even though he's still on the team when they brought Deshaun Watson in. So does Baker stay and start this year? I mean, again, that's the football side of things, not necessarily the legal side of things. But, yeah, so really crazy. Um, Colorado Avalanche win their first Stanley Cup in a long time. It was a great series. Uh, Yeah, so, and the Live Tournament, Keeps getting some additional people. We'll see where that goes. Um, and uh, yeah, I All think right. that's 51 minutes. Yeah, that's I know. a long podcast. Yeah, tons of tons of stuff. So, all right. Well, um, hopefully, right. maybe we'll have Katie Barlow next week and break. Yeah, so I'm going to try to get Katie for next Tuesday to kind of break some of this down even more once all the rulings are in and maybe we see some more developments this week. I need to, yeah, I would love for Kate to explain how Louisiana and Utah judges can stop the trigger laws from going into effect. And, yeah. Yeah, that, that would be real interesting. All right, where do people follow you? Patrick GM, Fox 5 DC. We'll see you next week. Bye, Patrick. Bye, Sarah. See ya.